Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to December 9th. Today's episode 345, and my friend Lisa Turkhurst is on the show today. You are going to love this. You are in for a treat. Before we get to Lisa's interview and we talk about that, I want to invite you to join me with sponsoring a child through Compassion International. I have had the privilege of sponsoring several children with Compassion International over the last 15 years. In fact, I started out my year of 2020 by visiting Mexico City and visiting the program they're doing there with moms and children and love the work they are doing. We've been talking about it a lot on the podcast. In fact, if you'd like to hear more, we did an episode a couple weeks ago with Jonathan Almonte. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and he shared his story about being a child sponsored through Compassion, and now he works for them. But we would love for you to join us. We have a big vision to get all the kids in the DR who've been waiting for a sponsor for over a year sponsored. Now, if you listen to the Jonathan episode, you'll learn they're getting services, but we need to continue to help them with those services and get them sponsored and matched to someone like you who can make a difference in their life. So far, you guys, since then, we've had over 100 kids sponsored, and I'm just honored. I'm speechless. I'm teary-eyed. I'm so proud of you guys that have stepped up and said, I want to partner with Compassion for $38 a month to help a kid not only get out of poverty, but also be poured into by the local church, have their physical, emotional, and spiritual needs met through their local church. Right now, if you sponsor a child with this unique link, which is compassion.com slash Ivy, and the reason we want you to use that unique link is so we can send you a gift when you sponsor, we want to thank you and send you a copy of my newest book, UBU and also send you an ornament from Grace Laced. Just to say thank you. Thank you for stepping into a child's life in a year that's been hard for a lot of you, just to say thank you for that. So go to compassion.com slash Ivy. Also, we have plans to take a happy hour plus compassion trip to the DR whenever life gets back to quote unquote normal, whatever that might look like. So I would love for you to be a part of that and potentially be able to meet the child that you sponsor. So go to compassion.com slash Ivy for all the details. It's $38 a month. Your giving can directly impact not only just a child, but a family, and that overflows into a community. So together is better, you guys, and together we can change the world for a family today. Compassion.com slash Ivy. Friends, Lisa Turkhurst is here. She's been on the show before. In fact, her show, when she came on, was one of our most listened to episodes, and I love Lisa as a friend. I love her as a teacher. I love her as a writer. Her newest book is called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. And I devoured it. I underlined. I dog-eared. Our conversation is so great. And Lisa has walked through the most difficult thing that some of you guys will walk through, and that is forgiving things that where you've been deeply impacted and deeply hurt. Lisa is full of the gospel. She is full of the truth of Jesus. And I adore her and adore this show. Okay, I've gushed enough, you guys. Here's my conversation with Lisa Turkhurst. 
Lisa Turkers, welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you. I am happy to be on the happy hour. I am so happy. And it's reminding me the first time you were on the happy hour, we were able to be in person. It was not during COVID and people were traveling more and you came to my tiny house. And I think it was, it was like my second time to actually meet you, but it was my first time to ever hang out with you. And I left going, I like her. I knew I liked her on stage and I knew I liked her words, but I like her as a person. So it's been fun since having you here to get to know you as a friend. So thanks for coming back. I adore you, Jamie Ivy. I think you're a pretty spectacular person. You're so great. You're so great. Okay. So since you were last here, you were last here and you were talking about your last book. It's not supposed to be this way, which I remember when I read that book and I was like, Lisa is bold and brave because she is entering into the mess with people. She's entering into the hard places with people because we all have conversations like that. And then I look up and I'm like, Lisa is still bold and brave because now she's talking about forgiveness (laughs) and how, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start because I think about forgiveness. And I remember when you told me you're writing this book and I was like an entire book on forgiveness. Like, what do we need to know? We just need to forgive. Did you feel like that going in when you thought about this concept? When I thought about forgiveness, I would cross my arms and think about all the things that have happened to me that I was still in pain over. And so when I thought about the word forgiveness, I thought about resistance. Like, I don't have to do this because they've hurt me. Well, or like, are you crazy? It's too soon to forgive because I'm not done hurting with Mm. this. Or I don't know that I ever fully owned what they did and what they did to me. Like, I know they said they were sorry, or maybe they've never said they were sorry. Maybe they're not even willing to own, like, and admit that what they did was wrong. And if they've never made this commitment to never, ever, ever do this again, then it's not even safe to forgive, right? And so, honestly, I didn't want to write this message, Jamie, because I didn't want to have to live this message. Mm. And I would have told you I was a pretty forgiving person until I really started to dig into forgiveness, what it is, what it isn't. And then I was like, wow, actually, I have a real problem with forgiveness because there are some situations I forgive so freely, but other situations... I just think, yep, doesn't apply here. No way, no how. So it's interesting. I spent over a thousand hours with my theological team studying what the Bible actually says about forgiveness and what it doesn't. But Jamie, I'll just confess to you, the first 200 of those I spent looking for the loophole. Mm. exception. There's this one thing, yeah. Yeah, surely there are some things that God would not expect us to forgive, especially when those things are unchangeable because the unchangeable can feel so unforgivable. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question I had for you is I know, and you talk about in your book that we mentioned before about how your marriage exploded, just fell to pieces, like worst case scenario, all the things happening. And you talk about that in your last book. And then this one, you talk a lot about how you had to walk through forgiving your husband art for things that you guys have been through. But here's my question. And I think I know the answer. As you're walking through this, like, okay, I'm learning to forgive my husband. I'm seeing a counselor. Like, I want to move forward. Did God bring like a thousand things to your life that you also needed to walk through and deal with with forgiving? Yes. That would have made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, that was not fun. I would have been like, this is not part of the deal. Listen, I'm going to work through this one thing. But what's happened in the past, we're going to let it be. Yeah. And, you know, I think here's the thing. Like when a marriage implodes, it is like a bomb exploding that sends out shrapnel and 
it affects so many more people than the, just the two people in the marriage. It affects more people than just the people in the family. And so, so many friends had reactions to this that I honestly didn't expect. And it was harder for me to forgive some of those friends than it was even to forgive my husband. That's so crazy and weird, isn't it, about how we hold on to things. You talk about that a lot in here. I want to say this before we move on about marriage is this, I underline this. And the funny thing is, it is about forgiveness in your book, but it's about marriage. And it's one of my favorite quotes in the book. This is what you said. I've heard it said that people fall in love. I wish the expression was more like, we found love and then we chose it over and over together. And I was like, being married for almost 20 years, that is an adequate description of marriage and falling in love. Would you have said that five years ago? Probably not because I'm pretty honest in the book about how love is a thing meant for depths. You know, it's a thing that's meant for something deep, like a fish has to go into the water in order to have oxygen to live. And my marriage, while it was good, there lacked this certain depth So therefore, I always felt like it was leaning in for more oxygen, but couldn't quite find it. Mm. And it was like bobbing on the surface and going into the shallow and bobbing on the surface and going into the shallow. But, you know, the depth that we were missing was not understanding how to get out of this dysfunctional dance where I would bring a concern to the table and my husband would personalize it. And he kept hearing me say, it's because you're not good enough. Mm. That's not what I was saying. Mm -hmm. I was saying, I want us to work on this because I think there's more to us. And so that dysfunctional dance we got into was, I always felt like, man, I'm such a pain in the butt to my husband. I'm always wanting to do more, explore more, talk more and, you know, and go to deep places. And he kept hearing like, you're not good enough. Mm. You're not good enough. And so our two, I call them our two shame scripts. Like I was thinking, I'm too much. And he was thinking, I'm not enough. And those two worlds were colliding, but we were never making progress, which would have been a great thing to talk about in counseling. Yeah. But, you know, we had five kids. We were busy, just like you guys, you know, and I just kept thinking there'll be a season for that, but that season's not right now. And Jamie, if there was one thing that Art and I would both say with all of our heart was we wish we would have tended to this dysfunctional dance that we were in. Not that our relationship was bad. It wasn't. It was beautiful. It was great. You know, I mean, we were raising these kids and pursuing ministry and doing this life. But when things got sideways for art. It's when unhealed pain from his childhood collided with what he felt like I'd been saying for years of him not being good enough, which is not what I was saying, but it's how he took it. Then those two worlds sent him eventually into a tailspin and he got involved in some addictions and then an affair and it just spun out of control. Yeah. You know, you talk about that in here and I loved that so much because I think that we underestimate what we bring to the table 
in our childhood, growing up. And speaking of y'all's vulnerability and getting deeper, you tell a story in here how you're reading one of your chapters to a friend over the phone. And it's a story of your childhood. And it's a story of how you felt growing up and things you felt. And I got a little teary-eyed when I was reading it this weekend because you say in there that Art happened to be going through and he felt moved by your words and you had this moment of vulnerability. Is that what you're talking about, that that was missing those moments of vulnerability and connection that life was just going too fast? Yeah, it was not taking time to dig beneath the surface and really stand emotionally naked before one another and say, I see you for who you are and I love you just the way you are. And, you know, those tender, vulnerable, emotionally naked moments, they take time. And I think we just weren't great at hitting the pause button on life and experiencing those moments. I understand that completely. You know, you talk about when I was reading this, one of the most profound things for me was thinking back, okay, when I've had to struggle with forgiveness or when I've been hurt, and we all have, no one is exempt from needing to forgive or from getting hurt because everyone has been hurt by something. Everyone's story might be different, but you talk about that the things that happen in our lives, they don't just tell a story, but they inform us of the story that we tell ourselves. And so there's this narrative that we start to play because of where we've been. What was your narrative that made you have to dive into this forgiveness journey that turned out to be difficult and life-giving all in one? Well, I think every situation I went through, I added to the narrative. Mm. But I'll tell you something that I didn't write in the book that I found really fascinating is Jim, my counselor, when I was pursuing healing, he had me do this exercise one time. It's called a trauma egg where you get a big piece of white poster board and you draw a big circle, like an egg shape, and then divide it up into little compartments. And you're supposed to draw stick figure representations of any time that you were rejected, hurt, abused, physically, emotionally, or sexually, or traumatized in any way. And so I would draw all these little stick figures from my earliest memory all the way to the present. And I didn't think I could fill up an entire trauma egg, but I did. Every Mm -hmm. single square was filled. And then Jim had me stand in front of him and tell the story. And what he was listening for was the story I then was telling myself. Mm. And story by story by story by story, the pervasive thing that I kept saying is, I don't feel like I'm very wanted. And I really kind of feel like I'm just a pain in everybody's butt. And when I had needs, I would say, oh, it's just better and safer if I try to go get those needs met by myself because I'm too afraid to make my needs known because it'll just, I'll just wind up getting hurt and disappointed. Hmm. And so every time I would experience something in my adult life, because I had that script running in the back of my mind, when people would hurt me or disappoint me, I would say, see, people aren't safe. You should not bring your needs to them because that's just an open door for them to hurt you. So if you need something, you do it for yourself. Now, when other people have needs, look for opportunities to meet those because that's where you'll get validated. But don't you dare bring your needs to them because if you do, that's where you'll get hurt. And so that's how you've lived your life, protection. Mm -hmm. Okay, so be Jim for us a minute. 
how do you change the narrative of what you tell yourself? So in the middle of my book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, I do three very intentional chapters. And these were the three things that Jim said I had to do. He said, Lisa, we have to collect the dots of your story. And that was part of that trauma egg activity. Then we have to connect the dots. Where did that story you started to tell yourself, where did it really come from? And then you have to correct the dots. And that correcting the dots chapter, I think is one of the most important chapters that someone doesn't just need to read, they need to sit with. And I tell a story in there, Jamie, about my friend. I have a really dear friend and for her entire marriage and raising her kids, her kids are in their twenties now. Okay. She did not like sunsets and it drove her family nuts. And her family always took it as you just don't want to spend those slow, beautiful moments with us of going to look at the sunset. But that wasn't at all the case. She didn't like the sunsets because when she was a child, that was the time that she was hurt over and over and over. When the sun started going down, there were things that were happening to her that were just awful. And she never made that connection until I wrote these chapters and I asked her if I could read them to her over the phone. As I was reading them to her over the phone, it was like she was mind blown. And she was like, wait, what? I think I have one of these that I need to connect. And so she started that week going outside and looking at the sunset. She wasn't at home. She was on vacation when this was happening. And she said, wow, Lisa, where I'm at, the sunsets are amazing. And I said to her, Colette, I feel very much like the sunsets are amazing where you live too. And she went and when she got home, she started looking at the sunsets and they were beautiful where she lived too. And so I asked her permission if I could put this in the book because I felt like it was such a good example that we are carrying hurt from Mm -hmm. our past. And when hurt sits unattended in the human heart too long, it turns into all manners of either hate and bitterness or just missing out on life and avoiding and protecting and refusing to be vulnerable. And most of the time, it's not because we're trying to not participate in something that's in front of us. It's not that we don't want to watch the sunset. It's that we've never made the connection of why the sunset is causing us to pull back and miss these moments. Mm. And so that's part of this whole message is not just learning to forgive what you can't forget, but also to learn how to create a life that's beautiful again. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. 
Enjoy live music. Visit internationally recognized art museums and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now Travel Texas offers a one of a kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom visually led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. I love that you said forgive what you can't forget because a lot of people might be listening and I'm sure you've had to deal with this as well. Is like, okay, there's this, you know, cliche like forgive and forget. Well, that actually is not humanly possible. Like I wish I could take memories out of my brain and they could be gone forever. And I could really be oblivious to these hard things that have happened in life, but that's not how life works. And so for your story is a beautiful story of reconciliation and all the things, but you're very clear in the book to say, yes, there has been reconciliation. Yes, my marriage has been redeemed and it is beautiful, but I still struggle with remembering and I still struggle with emotions. And so talk to that person who's listening because that's a hard place to feel because you think there's this weird thing that you think I'm going to be a good Christian and I'm forgive and then everything's going to be fine and dandy. And that's just not how it usually plays out. What has that been like for you? Well, I knew that I would probably never forget what happened 
you know, I haven't ever shared a lot of details of what happened, but I will share, it was not a short thing. It was not one trauma. It was trauma over and over and over and over. I mean, to the point where when I looked up one day, I was the only person saying I should still fight for my marriage. Mm. No one else was saying that. Everyone else was saying, walk away, Lisa, walk away. And I was willing to walk away, but I kept saying, I'm just going to leave a little bit more room for God to move. And, you know, Jamie, I'm really honest too, that, you know, Art and I are still in this process of healing. We did a, a webcast the other night and I said on the webcast, you know, I still have moments where I look at Art and I'll say, do you think we're going to make it? Like, do you really think we're going to make it? Because sometimes I still don't know, you know, and I just, I, I, I say that not to overshare, but I say it because, you know, this is a brutal journey. It is excruciatingly painful, but here's where I can find my footing to know that I am actually healing is when I tell the story not to the world, but when I tell the story to myself, I listen, am I more concerned about recounting all the horrible things that happened? Or do I now have the ability to start remembering all the life lessons that God has taught me? And I'm finding now, Jamie, that when I have these memories, they still hurt. They still trigger me. I can still be in the produce section of the grocery store and flat out have a panic attack and lay across the bananas, just standing on the floor, <laughs> head down on the bananas. And you know that fruit guy, he is not getting paid enough to be like <laughs> me, right? But I listen to the narrative inside of my head and now I'm hearing so much more about the experiential wisdom that I've gained, life lessons that I've learned, deep principles that God has taught me. And so instead of recounting the hurt, I'm pressing on to the story being more about healing. And that's when I know I am moving forward. And I think that's encouraging because there's some people who are where you are and they can say, me too. Like I can count the wisdom. I can see what God's done. And then there's some people who their world has just exploded. The, you know what, has just hit the fan. And it's encouraging for them to hear you say, it's a journey and it's a gruesome journey, but here you are a little bit further along than them. And you can look back and see the things that God's done. I love the way you describe it really early in your book. You say, forgiveness is the weapon. Our choices moving forward are the battlefield. Moving on is the journey. Being released from the heavy feeling is a reward. Regaining the possibility of trust and closeness is a sweet victory. And walking confidently with the Lord from hurt to healing is the freedom that awaits. And I don't think there's anyone that would say, you know what? I'm going to choose to sit in this pain because I don't want freedom. I think really people are saying, I want freedom. But I wonder, Lisa, if the thought of putting in the work is freezing people from pursuing the freedom. What do you think about that? Well, Jamie, I think the pain is so enormous. And so that's why it was really important to me at the beginning of this book. I think I spent three chapters talking about my pain, my resistance, and my feeling and skepticism that forgiveness just feels like such a cruel, unfair gift I have to give to the person that hurt me. Like, peace out, girl. Like a cop out. Not do this. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just like, whoa. So here's what I want to say. A healing journey is overwhelmingly big. It is. I mean, Jim, my counselor has told me it will take a good three to five years for me to really, really heal from this. So I'm only two years in, Jamie. I mean, it's, you know, we're still there. And I look at it sometimes and I think, wow, this is overwhelming. But for that person that's at the beginning of the journey and they hear that and they're like three to five years, uh -uh, I am not. But let me tell you, you will not be in the amount of pain that you're in today. You won't be there if you will do this one thing. And this is so important. I want you to go get a stack of three by five cards. And I want you to write everything that happened, write out all the facts of what happened, write out all the pain that you were caused in this situation. And then I want you to find a trusted friend, not the person that hurt you, but a trusted friend or a counselor or a mentor. And I want you to show them these cards, lay them out on the floor. And I want you to say, I need someone else in my life to just bear witness to my pain. And all I need you to say is that you believe me. That's it. And Jamie, if someone doesn't have that person, I want to be that person. Sweetie, I believe you. I believe you. And I am so sorry that this has happened to you. What happened to you was hard and horrific. It should not have happened. And I am so sorry. I want to acknowledge to you that they should not have said what they said. They should not have done what they did. They shouldn't have walked away or maybe they shouldn't have stayed and brutalized you. And I am so sorry. But I also want to say you deserve to stop suffering because of what another person has done to you. And you have the power to sever the source of suffering by making the decision to forgive. And forgiveness is not about giving that person that hurt you an unfair gift that they may not even want. It is about you being empowered enough to say, I am going to let God sweep my heart clean because my heart is too beautiful of a place for bitterness, anger, resentment, and unforgiveness. And I don't have to conjure up these fake feelings of forgiveness. Sometimes hurt feelings don't want to cooperate with holy instructions. Girl, I get it, right? But that's where we have to realize we don't conjure up forgiveness from inside of us. We simply throw our arms up and we receive forgiveness from God. And as God's forgiveness flows to us, we just have to cooperate with it and let it flow through us. That is possible today. You can go card by card by card and just simply say, I receive God's forgiveness so that I can now forgive this person for this fact of what they did to me. And whatever my feelings will not yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover it. Amen. You know, I think that Lisa, that finding that friend who says, I believe you is empowering to someone who feels alone. And then I know you've spent hours with a counselor and I am such a fan of therapy and counseling. And so if you're listening and you're like, this is me, reach out, find a Christian counselor, walk through that together. Lisa, I'm grateful for this work that you've done and that you've poured the work into. I know it has not been easy and it has come with a cost, but we are better as women who are reading your work because of the work you put in. So I'm grateful for it so much. I want to switch gears real quick and I'm going to throw this on you, Lisa. I want you to tell me what was the meeting like 
when you and your team sat around and said, hey, let's start giving people platforms and helping them write books. Let's become a, a publishing. I don't even know what you call yourself over here, but I saw this and I'm like, this is the best thing I've seen in a long time because I have sent women to your place because there are women who have things to say and you are giving them the opportunity. Tell me how this came about. Well, for a long time, I've had this thought when I get to heaven, I don't think God is going to say, well done, Lisa, you published 25 books and they sold really well. I don't think that's going to be the conversation. I think the conversation is going to be like, Lisa, what did you do to help your fellow author? What did you do to help other women who had stories and life wisdom and experiential wisdom to share with other people? what did you do to help them? And I want to have a good answer. So I have a good answer now, Jamie, and I'm so excited. I've partnered with my publisher, HarperCollins Christian, and the division of Thomas Nelson that fits underneath the HarperCollins Christian brand. And they have allowed me now to go out and find people who have incredible messages that can be turned into books. And I get to publish six to eight books a year. But just so we can really help people find that best message within them, we have developed a course. It's a 10 to 12 week course that people can participate in. And it's called the Book Proposal Boot Camp, where we run three semesters a year. You have your writing coach, you have a peer group you get assigned to. And by the end of the course, you will have not only a stellar book concept, but a book proposal that's ready to be reviewed by not only our team, but the publishing team at HarperCollins Christian. And I am pretty pumped about it. I'm so pumped about it as well because I meet people all the time who have beautiful things to say. They're amazing writers. And in this day and age that we live in, you can have a beautiful message and you can be the best writer. But if you don't have this platform, it's really hard to get noticed. And so I'm grateful for you because I'm always like, well, this doesn't actually seem fair. How do we get these amazing words into the world? And so I've sent people over to you guys and so excited about what you're doing. And I'll just say, as a brand new author, that book proposal is sometimes harder than the book. And so what you're offering them is priceless because writing a book proposal I thought was going to send me just over the edge. And it was such hard work. It is hard work. And, you know, I'm glad you also mentioned that it's also really daunting when you feel like you have a message, but no platform. And that can be one of the most discouraging times in a woman's life Or we have some dudes that are participating too. So it can be just a very discouraging thing. So that's why the books that get published through our publishing initiative with HarperCollins I am allowing them access to the platform at Proverbs 31. So we're not only helping them publish the book, we're also helping provide a platform through which lots of people can be aware of the book and know about the message and the value of the message. So it's a tremendous opportunity. And I am so excited to share the massive audience and the platform of Proverbs 31 with other people who deserve to have their voices heard as well. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Okay, Lisa, it's almost Christmas. What are the Turkers doing this year for the holidays? This is a very interesting question. Well, can I say this real quick? I love your family because (laughs) I've been around you guys. In fact, we play cards and it was like, what am I doing? Where am I? What has happened to my life? Your family is what I envision the Ivies. You know, we're like maybe 10 years behind you guys. It's loud. It's crazy. There's always something going on. And I felt so at home around that. So I love the Turkers family. So what are y'all doing? Thank you. Well, you know, when you look in the Bible at biblical families, there's always dysfunction there. So let's just say we're a very biblical family. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) In all the senses of the word, there's always some kind of drama. But the drama this year, part of it is that we have lived in the same house for almost 30 years. And so I decided this year, people know it's my very expensive hobby to do building projects (laughs) and renovating projects. So I decided to tear down a big portion of our house to the studs. Which part? I know, Jamie. I know, because you were just here visiting. Like, wait, what? And to do two big additions to the house too. So that it doesn't look like a 90s traditional house. Now it looks like if a European village and modern farmhouse had a baby, that's what our house looks like now. Okay, I love it. But it's not done. So it's not able to host the 85 people in your family. Right. Uh So our goal was to be done by Christmas, but we all know how that goes. Wah, wah. Mm -hmm. So we are looking currently for a solution to our family Christmas dilemma. But one thing I have decided, Jamie, I don't think we're sending out Christmas cards this year. I just had to give myself permission, like be free, Lisa. It's okay. It is okay if you don't send out a card this year. I do want a tree. I just don't know exactly where we're going to put it (laughs) because we are living in Haven Place, which is our ministry that's on our property. But we have an apartment that is the size of about a postage stamp. Like we can't even fit all of the bodies of the people in our family in the apartment. So we're probably going to have to be in the main presentation room. I love it. So yeah, we're trying to figure it out, Jamie. We may need to just come be with the Ivies. Come on. We got lots of land here. Come on. Come on. Talk about happy hour. That would be a happy Christmas. (laughs) Uh, You know, what's funny is I was cleaning out my office for like the, you know, I always do this. It gets crazy. And then I clean it out. And I found a Christmas card from, I'm going to say maybe 2016 that was addressed to one of my friends that I never mailed. And so I just sent her a picture of it. I was like, here's a Christmas card from five years ago. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it in the trash. I'm not sending it your way. Christmas cards are just a delight. Lemma. I grew up in a day where we didn't document our whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I didn't even know what a, a gender reveal party was when I was pregnant. Like documenting your baby bump and going on baby moons, that yeah. was not a thing. Mm-hmm. None of that was a thing. Right. You know? Like the hardest part of life 
was the Christmas card every year. Yeah. And so I feel like my life is well documented. If y'all want to see pictures of me and my family, it's called Instagram. Very <laughs> Christmas. That's my Christmas card this year. You need to put a card up on Instagram, like just a regular picture of your family. Like here it is. If you want it, here, here it is. is. Here it is. With everybody acting crazy in the middle of all their dysfunction and all the craziness and be like, Merry Christmas. This is the <laughs> real S Christmas card you're ever going to get. Oh my gosh. I love the Turkers. I love the craziness. I love the dysfunction. I feel right at home with you guys. Lisa, thank you. Thank you for the way that you're championing women in particular, the way that you're championing young writers, the way that you step in and encourage people and just the way that you're living out a message that is something that we can all aspire to be and learn from and how do we handle the hard things in life. So grateful for you, friend. Thank you. I'm grateful for you too, Jamie Ivy. You are a treasure and I love you. You're dear. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Have a happy hour with a friend if possible. Come back on Friday to hear my conversation with Rondell Trevino. I've been wanting to talk to him for a while and we talk a lot about his work with the organization that he started, the Immigration Coalition, who is on a mission to provide clean drinking water to all of our friends at the Mexico-US border. You're gonna love that show. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for always listening. Happy December 9th, and I'll see you back here on Friday with Rondell Trevino. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.